the impact is severe on someone if they feel like you're always throwing in them in the deep end. Some people love that shit and, and see it as belief, see it as trust. Some people see yeah. it as, you know, setting them up to fail. Yeah. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a breach of trust. How well do you delegate? Do you feel like you can do most things faster and better than others? Do you think that teaching someone else how to do something well is too time consuming? Or are you afraid if you delegate important tasks and others mess it up, they'll tarnish your reputation? Then this episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast is for you. Hello, my friends. My name is Chad. This is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high stakes conversations for relentless company founders. In this episode, I sit down with Adrian and Dan and we dive into the world of delegation. We talk about the two ways most founders sabotage delegation, and we also outline the three criteria we use to choose what to delegate. Can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Let's dive in. This is a conversation that comes up often in my coaching calls. Founders and um, entrepreneurs feeling like there's too much that they have to do and that they want to delegate it, but they don't know how, how do I delegate this stuff? And this is a conversation. I just want to, I really, at the beginning of this, just really want to open this up and, and I'm open to where this goes because I've got ideas of things that I want to figure out. I want to, I want to hear your opinions on, but I also am not naive to think that or naive enough to, to, to think that this is going to go the direction I thought it was going to go. So um, it most likely won't. So I'm just going to open it up and, uh, start talking about it. So, um, as we think about all of the things that founders have to do and this kind of, I think this ties nicely into our conversation last episode, um, around staying connected to people. Cause we were talking, it, it, it was a lot of it was in the context of how much I have to do as a founder, as a, as a company founder. So, um, I'm curious for you guys, when you are working with a client and they, one of the areas that they want to discuss with you is that they feel like they have too much on their plate. Where do you start the con- that conversation with them? Or what questions do you start, do you use to start uncovering what's really going on? I, I would, I'm very interested in that conversation about how this person holds what they're up to and the people they work with. That's the first thing. Like, like I'm, so it's not like I'm, I'm going to ask because the word delegation, if, if you're going to ask somebody to delegate something, the word literally comes out of the word deputizing to deputize somebody, to give them authority. Mm-hmm. So, so you're giving it away. And if you were going to deputize somebody, one of the things you want to be sure of is that they they, the way they see the law is going to be line up with the way that you see the law or you see how things are going and that they're aimed at the same thing you're aimed at. Otherwise, no matter what you give it to give to them and how you give it to them, it won't make a difference. So the first thing is, what are they really up to? What do they think you're up to? Like, I'd be good to know what they think I'm up to in whatever I'm going to be delegating to them. So that that'll give me an idea of what they think they ought to be up to. 
That's really interesting. So there's um, what I'm hearing you say is, is, you know, it, it, I guess deputize for me is really easy to see in the context of, of the law. Yeah. Right. right. We can have uh, officers of the law because there is the law. And you're giving them like, like if I was going to delegate something, I want to give the authority along with the responsibility. So there's right. a, an aspect of it that's deputizing. Like you're going to have the authority to execute and make decisions here that are going to impact both me individually and us as a team. Is that the same as ownership? It's a, yeah, I would say it's, it's a form of ownership. Absolutely. But they have to take the ownership, right? We can yeah, they, give them the authority, but they right. have to take the ownership. Which is part of what they're aiming at. Like if they're aiming at not having to carry any responsibility, if they're aiming at hiding and I want to delegate something to them, that's going to require them expose themselves in the, for the purpose of whatever we're doing. I know that they're going to probably shy away from that. I, I'm going to want to investigate that. I'm going to want to make sure that they, they're willing to come into the open the way that it's going to be, that they may be called into the open by whatever they're doing. So I want to be aware of how, what really drives this person? What, what are they up to? If, if they are, you know, that's why people look for somebody who's really on it. Like they're like, well, that, I'm, I'm going to give that person's really on it. I can trust that if I give it to them, they're on it, meaning they're, they seem to be aimed at what I'm aimed at and they're doing a good job at accomplishing what their part is. I'd like to give them a little more because it looks like they're going to get it done. Right. Like I get, there's, there's a lot being said in that. It's not just that they're going to get it done. The way they're being, I can trust. I don't have to worry about it. Mm. I can trust their best is going to be, if the, even if they miss, is going to be worth it. Yeah. I mean, to, to add to that, there's usually, when it comes to delegating, which I did using deputizing as an analogy, Cause it's, 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 uh, you take it seriously, <laughs> you know, deputizing is like a serious act. Most yeah. people delegate in a very flimsy way. And then they're surprised about the, you know, stunted results of that. And, uh, my, my just talking about founders talking about fast moving executives probably as well. Uh, there's lots of tensions already baked into this that are really invisible for them. Uh, most, most founders, I just got off one that we might do some work with. Most founders are really high performers as individuals and they delegate share responsibility with a, a, a whole shit ton of assumptions that usually eat their lunch. And it has nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with what assumptions they're making about the other person. Um, like for example, let's, let's say, you know, if I'm a fast moving a performer, I, and I get all this shit done. And I'm, and I just, as a player on the field, I naturally just uh, make sure that whoever I'm working for knows what's going on. It's just a constant check-in. Here's what's up with this. If, if I'm that type of performer and all of a sudden now I'm leading a company or a division, I'm probably going to assume that that's common knowledge that any, anybody I give something to, they're going to keep me connected to you know, keep me abreast, keep me whatever, uh, aware of what's, what's happening on the field. And that's an assumption. Because that's what they would do. Because that's what they would do. That's yes. right. We naturally uh, throw on to somebody else what seems so common for us. Yeah. And then that doesn't work. And then we blame delegation for that. Yeah. 
you know, and then we end up proving ourselves right about it, which just ends up making the complaint even more severe. Yeah. It also shows up is as like, look how terrible the workforce is. You can't find good people. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's so many scapegoats on this one and it's such a complex situation and and probably the most, one of the most important things any leader does. I I completely agree. But it's, it's more complex than like, Oh, you just do the A, B and C and then everything works. And there's, there's this whole, human factor where you've got to be recognizing, listening for, looking at, addressing, inventing language around what is wanted and needed. And I think Adrian's point's right on. People tend to be so unconsciously competent that they project their competence onto other people and then are disappointed when those people that they've, quote unquote, delegated or thrown tasks at don't execute them with the kind of excellence and, and, um, fervency or urgency that they would mm. right they go they just can't find good help when, when you know you never know that if you really get connected to that person about what they're really up to and they get a sense of what you're really up to they might even get inspired by your fire and passion for what you're doing and why you're doing and the importance of what you're doing and the implications of it down the road and you know like there's a certain set of conversations that are built into a, a founder's perspective that aren't there for the people that work for them. And unless they make it a habit of integrating those perspectives into their conversations, they're going to be vastly disappointed at their ability to, to grow and, and scale a team. Absolutely. Because they're going to they're be overwhelmed because they're only going to speak those things in crisis when most people are in defense or afraid or, you know, don't know how to listen to what's being said. So it's really got to become part of the communication that, hey, here's what I'm doing. This is what it means to me. This is what it means to the organization. Blah, blah, blah. What do you, or you might even open up with what does it mean to you so you can see where connections mm-hmm. are there and then feel that way. I mean, there's a number of ways you could do it, but I guess the question is, do you remember? Do you think, do you acknowledge that you're about to give something away that's vitally important to you and the organization? And you may or may not even know how this other person's holding it when you give it to them. And just out of desperation, you throw it over there because you're so tired of having it in your lap. And then you bark at them, get this one. When we have this, I have a client who can't understand why his he's got four executives that he manages directly. They're his executive team. And he can't, he runs a $75 million company a year revenue. Can't understand why they're resentful. And I, I, and he's been gone on vacation multiple times during the year. He's had leadership changes, hasn't sat down and really grounded the team. Tells them, go ahead. He trusts them when they hire him because they're, because they have the ex, they have experiences that relevant to what he's doing. And then they make decisions that he gives them the authority to make the decisions. They make the decisions, but they're not aligned with what he wants the organization to do. And then he gets angry at them and suspicious. And when I ask him, well, did you ever bother to help them see that what the implications are of this decision on the vision and why you want this position, why you want this particular thing that they're going to be deciding on and all that? He said, no, I haven't. And I said, 
and you're wondering why they feel betrayed when you feel like you you're saying I've given them so much. They're saying I feel like you know you're, it's confusing. I don't feel like you really give us direction. Well, I, then he's back with, well, I hired you to do these things. That's why I hired you. And so chunking that down and getting that realigned. If you don't, you're just going to lose good people over and over again until you take ownership of what of the complexity that that reality really is and be willing to learn in the process of doing that with each person. That was a lot of words. Sorry. <laughs> That's a lot of words, Dan. You dumbfounded us. No, I was thinking about when you were talking, uh, you were saying, you know, one of the things when the load gets heavy is to just flip, flippantly throw it out to somebody without getting connected to that. And that's, that's what I like to do. <laughs> that's, that's certainly one way of approaching it. I've also uh, experienced myself and worked with clients who um, uh, get the weight of it so deeply or, or <laughs> here I am. Um, my stories are being revealed. Uh, get the weight, like feel the weight of it. And, um, and they use that as an excuse to hold on to it. That too, right? Nobody I mean, can do this as good or as quick as I can. Um, so I'm going to keep this. Those are the two extremes right on. Those are the poles that we tend to jump between. If I don't hold on to it like this, then I just throw it away because I, I don't, you know, I don't have the, I, I don't have the time to do it, to give it away the way it needs to be. Yes. So I got to find somebody who can handle it without me doing that. Yeah. Or I better just hold on to this damn thing and do it myself and then wonder why I'm, you know, I'm burnt and everybody around me is walking on eggshells and big people are leaving because they want to do something and they, they want to make a difference. And it's really hard to make a difference in a place that's clamped down like that. The only constant in an organization like yours is change. I want to take just a second to tell you about the change imperative written by our very own Dan Takini. How do you personally relate to change in your business? Does it feel like a threat at times? Does it ever feel like you can't keep up with it or that it never happens fast enough? Are there certain players on your team that resist change and keep your company stuck? Do you know how to lead people through the change that your vision requires? If not, it's impossible to take this thing to the next level. Growth, change, and transition, these intersections often come with confusion, frustration, and resistance, but they don't have to. You can flip those experiences into clarity, confidence, and alignment with the Change Imperative eBook. It is the instructions for innovating with your team. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the change imperative now and feel confident about creating the change in your company necessary to go to the next level. Now back to the conversation. In my experience, I've, I've worked more with, with company founders and entrepreneurs who are on the uh, latter side of that, which is like, I don't want to let these things go um, right. because it would take longer I hear this one a lot. It'd take longer for me to teach somebody to do this than it does for me to just do it and do it well. Yeah, yeah which is always true, but it it, it is. It would in take longer in the moment. It just depends on what time. I mean, how long do you want to live would be the question. Right. And, you know, and what plateau are you on? 
because that's, I mean, that is a plateau mentality. There's nowhere to go from that. Yep. Totally true. So it's, it's like, yes, it'll take more time now. And I know you don't think you have more time, but how much more time do you want to pay later? Yeah. In penalties and interest. Yeah. It's just the math that, you know, people don't prefer not to do. Mm -hmm. People, yeah, they would say they don't have the time to do it, but they have the time to do all the back end catch up work. That's like a factor of 10 if they would have just taken the time up front. I mean, I'm I'm speaking, speaking from experience, by the way, not from point of figure. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Uh, this is the slow down to speed up concept. Yeah. Part of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I tend to be on the other side. Like if I, if I'm going to delegate something, I'll just, you know, if, if I'm not paying attention, you know, I'll say, Oh, they'll be fine. It's easy. Peace. Mm-hmm. Cake. And I'd prefer to be naive, you know, in those situations about what it, what it takes or what it's like for them to do the task. That's so natural for me. I don't wonder about that. And definitely don't wonder about that with them. And then when I do that, you know, there's just, it's uh, the impact is the impact is severe on someone. If they feel like you're always throwing in them in the deep end, some people love that shit and, and see it as belief, see it as trust. Some people see yeah. it as, you know, setting them up to fail. Yeah. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a breach of trust. And do you know what camp your people fall into? That's right. Everybody's different about that that goes back to our conversation last week of connection, right? I think that's the, that Adrian, you were talking about the quality of connection. This is one of the things you would know as a commissioner of deputizing people. Yeah. um, What, how they receive what's, what's coming or what's being given to them. About 40 years ago, I went to work for a company and the, the CEO is, there's three of us he hired. He sat us down and he said to the first guy, Steve, I think you're going to do great here. I you know, looked at your background. Awesome. Uh, you know, you obviously have built some reputation for yourself in uh, the in the plumbing industry. And um, I think you're going to, that skill will translate here. Looking forward to having you. Hey, this other guy came in. Lynn, uh, you did a great, you know, you obviously came out of a really good, you had your own uh, real estate development company in Arizona. You're going to do well. I really like the way you're with people, et cetera, et cetera. Takini, you're a creative guy, um, quite insightful, but I don't think you're going to make it. And <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just listened to him. Inside, I thought, okay, I'll show you. I'll show you. And, he was and in tune with it. <laughs> he was completely, in, was five years later, we were eating dinner one day. He goes, you remember when you came on? I go, yeah. He goes, I knew if I told you you couldn't do it, you were going to go deep. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. i went home started exercise doing all the things yeah. reading everything i could getting my head up and <laughs> that's it man i same story with me I, you know i won't spend the time telling it but yeah when uh, there was a time in my career when somebody said hey we want you to do this but we think it's impossible and i i was licking my lips could not wait to get started you know and those are you know just, so it depends on who you're dealing with yeah, you wouldn't use that on everybody because other people may not. They might go under that. I, I have a good friend who didn't doesn't want to let people down. He would never. That wouldn't work. Yeah, wouldn't work for him. So knowing the context you're speaking into is that's why it's so. The question how is such a disconnected question because how is always 
adjusted to the who and what to the context it's asked like that it's going to be played out in. Right. right. Yeah. That's the perfect segue to my next question. Good. Well, there you go. I'm on your outline. Yeah, here we go. How do you guys choose what you delegate and what you don't? You love me to follow that up with a how. <laughs> well, I'm asking yeah. you specifically. I'm not asking as an idea. Yeah. There, you know, what, what are you thinking about when you think about your time, how you spend it and who, you know, what, what gets done by somebody else and what gets done by you? Yeah. Well, in general, I wouldn't always be thinking about what's my highest and best use. Mm -hmm. um, and I want that to frame because that's, that's, that's a utility, right? So what's my best use to the company? That's one question to ask. The other question is like, what, what, you know, invigorates my vitality? Like what do I, code for very poetic way of saying, like, what do I really love doing? What do I love doing? What am I passionate about? Blah, blah, blah. They could, you know, put whatever bumper sticker there. Like, and, and ideally, ideally uh, I'm doing most of the things actually I love doing. Um, but as you, as you're, you know, building something, you're going to do a whole lot more than what you have to, than, than what you want to be doing long-term. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I'll quickly delegate the things that are a drag for me or the things in which I actually am the bottleneck in the situation. Uh, because there's other people that they won't be the bottleneck, you know? So for me, anything to do with paperwork, administration, fine tooth, you know, fine, uh, fine point finances, uh, a lot of systems work. I just don't like, I can, I can think about those things. I'm just not as good at it. I don't like doing it. Um, so I'll delegate those things as quickly as possible. My challenge in that is, uh, you know, as I delegate, I can't totally abdicate because I prefer to for them not ever to, I, I prefer to, to think that, uh, that they, if they're not on my plate, then they no longer exist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's, what's more effective is to then get, you know, as I delegate those things, get connected to the outcomes of those things and then manage the results instead of yeah. do the, do the tasks. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think about those two main categories is like, what's, what's the best use for the mission of what's of like utilizing my talent and what's the best use for my own vitality. And if I can get those to intersect, uh, then that's, that's great. I'll add one to your list. Uh, a third one for me, I agree with both of those. A third one for me is what could be done better than like, where are, where, where am I not talented or don't care to develop my talent in this area? Who could do it better than me? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. one of my criteria. First of all, Adrian said, you know, what's my best use here? And then, who could actually do this better than me? I want to connect them into it mm. or at least get there. Even if I'm not going to delegate it, I want to get their ideas because they're going to have something. They're going to be a resource. But if I'm going to delegate it, I'm, I'm going to think that way right away. Who can yeah. do this better than me? It's really exciting for me to hire somebody or work with or partner with somebody um, knowing that they can do something better than I can. It's a really exhilarating experience for me. 
just thinking about our business, I, I've always felt like it would be, you know, we talked about this, you being the face of the organization, because I can see that's better for the cause, right? And I've always liked that, right? But I, I know in the beginning, I had this like, oh, gosh, well, I'll become irrelevant, right? Versus, <laughs> and I thought, then I started saying, well, no, where else would, how could I be relevant to that? How can I be relevant to having Adrian really take this to the next level? How can I support him generating not only our brand, but his own brand that ultimately is going to, to work for all of us, right? So I remember wrestling with that. And that was something I, I wanted to do, but was nervous about, you know, along that line. Yeah. Makes sense. I wanted to not uh, miss a point that you made, Adrian, that I think is really powerful, which is delegation is not forget. Delegation is not forgetting. Yeah. Like effective yeah. delegation um, yeah. is not an opportunity to no longer pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Why wouldn't you pay attention like you were doing it yourself? Because you, it's that important, right? Right. You might as well follow the game. Right on. I just, I, I, I see it in myself. It's like we often look to delegate for relief. Yes. And um, if we're looking to delegate for relief, we could make the mistake of thinking that once it's delegated, we no longer need to be responsible for the result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying be responsible as a result of like, you have to go do it for them. That right. uh, That's actually the exact opposite of what I'm talking about, being responsible for the result that they're creating and being willing to be in that conversation with them. Being responsible to generate the relationship, the best possible relationship that would be conducive for their uh, ultimate goals. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I'm going to be responsible. I can take responsibility for the context of our relationship as Relates to what they're committed to. I can yeah. I can own that part of it. My my part of that. Yeah. 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 This is why I mean people usually hire folks too late. Yes. Uh, I'm just in a conversation with a client this morning, and uh, been looking to hire for a position, and now eh, we could wait a little while. I'm like, why would you wait? You have the money. Yeah, you have the money. Why? I mean, are you going to grow? Yeah, I'm going to grow. Why wouldn't you hire the person right now? But, you know, it's like, but there's a, such a, you know, I'll hire when I have to, like I'll delegate when I have to, but usually it sets up a context that's already, it's already scarce, right? Like I'm out of time, I'm out of energy, and right. so I'm just, you know, you know, passing out in the middle of the race and, 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 you know, passing, yeah. passing the baton instead of like getting ahead of these things and saying, I want to delegate, uh, delegate these things to people before I have to do it. Yeah. Cause it's just going to get, I mean, if you're successful, you're going to get busier over time. That's what happens. You're and, gonna get it's gonna, and, and it's going to get, take time to get somebody into a synchronized relationship with you and the team, no matter how gifted or talented they are, you, yeah. they've got to get acclimatized. So why would you wait? And it's like, Oh, oh we need them now. Now you're going to expect somebody to get up to perform immediately when they have a learning yeah. curve and relational, yeah. all that stuff gets up. It's also, yeah, it's another point I wanted to make in this conversation is that uh, delegation is an iterative process. Um, you know, it's a process of feedback and improvement. Yeah. Um, and if you're waiting to the last moment when you're passing out, you 
aren't going to have the energy to, for that iterative process, nor are you going to feel like you have the runway. Right. Well, you better expect failure because it's going to come along. It's part of the process. What I makes know. it a success isn't that people don't fail along the way. It's how they handle the failures. And so if you're thinking that effective delegation means, oh, they failed, so I didn't delegate. Well, no, this is an opportunity to continue to deputize in a way that's supporting the ongoing growth and and character of the person you're with and the purpose overall. Yeah. So. I love that. Expect failure. I think that's a great place to, to end this conversation. Really, really appreciate the insights of both of you and the attention. This is, um, I've enjoyed this one. Good stuff, yeah. man. Me too. Keep fishing and, uh, around out there. Yeah. Chad, you... <laughs> well, and even what? let's keep fishing, fishing around. around. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, I'm fishing. Most of it's self-serving. Um, That's all right. And I'm not going to stop asking how questions, Dan. Damn it. Just kidding. <laughs> I like them. Bring them on. <laughs> it always opens something really powerful for me. So I appreciate you both. Yep. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, right. Dan. Bye-bye, everybody. See you guys. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye, everybody. Bye.